Well, welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program today. God bless you. We are going to be in Hebrews chapter 13. We are finishing up in our study of the book of Hebrews. And my, this has been one outstanding and astounding uh, letter of the Apostle Paul to not just the Hebrew Christians, but to us also. Amen. Praise God. So uh, we are endeavoring to discover all the truths or as many of the truths as we're able to in this wonderful epistle. And my, we have learned quite a lot. We have learned very, very much. And we're going to learn more today. The title of the message today is Let Brotherly Love Continue. And Paul is going to admonish the Hebrew Christians concerning the love of God. And of course, he's going to admonish us also. But before we begin, before we pray, let's hear something that... uh, Solomon prayed. Notice what he says. He says, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Amen. Praise God. Both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all and your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. My, what a good word this morning. Praise God. Father, we love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. And Lord, we desire for the word of God to take effect in our heart and in our mind. Lord, we ask you now for wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, flood our hearts with light. Help us to see what your will is. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name, amen and amen. All right, praise God. We're in Hebrews chapter 13. And as I said, this is uh, the title of, the, or rather the title that I've made uh, this study is to let brotherly love continue. And we're going to see in these first eight verses, Paul's seven submissions to love. Now to love is the verb. Amen. An action. Amen. Agapeo. And he is going to encourage the Hebrew Christians. And of course, he's encouraging us also uh, to continue in the love of God. So let's begin. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse one. Notice it says, let brotherly love continue. And this Greek word love here is Philadelphia. And it's talking about a fraternal love, the love that we have for uh, one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And so this is the first submission to love. Amen. We're to love one another and continue to do that. Amen. Now, I know all of us are different. We have different characteristics. We are individuals uh, in our uh, in our makeup and in our personality. Uh, and, and I know there's a lot of things that uh, that if we dwell upon uh, people's certain characteristics, they might you know, get on our nerves and we might want to lose patience. We can't do that. We got to look above that. We've got to let brotherly love continue. It's the higher law. Amen. It's the higher law of God, the law of love. And when I say the law of love, I'm talking about the principle that uh, that God is. God is love. 
And if God is in us, that means we are love and we have the love of God. We don't need more of the love of God. We just need to yield to that which we already have. Amen. Praise God. So we are to love one another. And I think the New Testament is filled uh, with these with this exhortation uh, to love. Now, verse two says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. This is the second submission to love. It's the love of hospitality, the desire towards those that we may not know towards strangers uh, to make them comfortable, to make them hospitable. That's right. I mean, we're not going to invite them into our inner circle because we don't know uh, really who they are. We don't know what's inside of them. But as we become more hospitable and as we make an effort to get to know them, uh, we may find out that they they would become one of our uh, great friends and and part of our inner circle. So uh, let's not just because somebody is new that comes into our fellowship, somebody that we've never uh, seen before, we don't know anything about. Let's not treat them, amen, as outcasts, but let's be hospitable towards them. And this is how we love strangers. Amen. Once again, verse two, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And we see a lot of that in the Old Testament. Now, verse three, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. That's important. And them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. This is the third submission to love, to remember those that have been jailed. Now, we don't know of too many believers that get jailed for being believers, but certainly in Paul's day, that was so true. And so just because somebody is incarcerated, that doesn't mean we forget about them. We're to show mercy towards them. Amen. And to help them, to remember them, remember them in prayer. A lot of times we can't go and see personally visit people in jail because we're not allowed, but we can certainly remember them in prayer. Let's not just forget about them. Let's not just cast them into, you know, our past and then forget about them. Let's do remember that. Amen. Because that is uh, a submission to love. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. If we have a brother or sister in Christ that's thrown into jail because of their faith, Amen. Well, because we're one in the body, it's all it's like we're in jail. Amen. So uh, let's remember that. Let's remember the identification that we have with each other in Christ Jesus. Now, verse four, marriage is honorable and all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. All right. So this is the fourth submission to love by keeping our marriage between one man and one woman honorable and undefiled. Uh, the the this the downward slide uh, concerning sexuality, I, I do believe, began way, way back when we began to liberalize the idea of marriage and divorce became popular and hooking up with other people other than our husband or our wife became popular. And now today it's no big deal. Uh, people commit adultery all the time. And it of course it hurts the person that uh that's involved in it and the person that is the victim. Uh, but uh, we don't look at adultery like we used to. And I believe that began the downward slide in uh, the sexuality in this nation today. 
And so we have to remember the fact that God instituted marriage. This was his first institution ordained of God. And God considers it holy. And, I, and the Lord Jesus has a lot to say about marriage and divorce. And so if we transgress the sanctity of marriage by committing adultery, then we've committed a deadly sin. Uh, we have to understand these things, that uh, God is not pleased with that kind of behavior. And I know with the loose morals in this nation and the, uh, the liberalization of sexuality, it becomes easier for men and women, especially men and women of God, to fall into these things. But we cannot do that. We have to remember that uh, that our love, you know, well, I tell you what we can do. We can use the example of Joseph. He ran away from Potiphar. And that's a good example for us. Amen. We need to run away from these things. You know, the scripture tells us we are to uh, cleave to that which is good and we are to abhor that which is evil. And adultery is evil. And so if we're going to love God and love one another, then we're going to keep our marriage, especially loving our wife or our husband. We're going to keep our marriage honorable and undefiled. Amen. All right. Verse five. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So this is the fifth submission to love by not coveting. And we're talking primarily about money, making the almighty dollar. And, uh, and, and being filled with greed and desire to get ahead and things of that nature. Uh, God has given you gifts. And if we'll just center our life in on Christ, he'll promote us through our faithfulness. Amen. And we'll always have enough because, you know, Paul said it here. I will. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he will always make sure that our needs are supplied. Amen. So let's get our mind off of money and let's get our mind on Christ. Praise God. Verse six. So that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So here's the sixth submission to love. And, and this submission to love is to fully trust in the Lord as our provider and as our protector to fully submit to him as our Lord. If we accept Jesus as Lord, then we accept him as our provider and we accept him as our protector. And so we go about doing those things that are pleasing in his sight. And we have to remember the words of Jeremiah when he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope, to give you an expected end. Amen. So we just look to him. Remember in chapter 12, one of the uh, admin or exhortations of the Apostle Paul was to look unto Jesus. So we look unto him in every area of our life. Amen. This is our submission to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself. All right. Verse seven. Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. So this is the seventh submission to love by remembering in prayer those to whom the Lord has given uh, authority over us. Amen. There are rulers in the body of Christ, pastors, associate ministers, and other men of God and other women of God that have been given authority over us. We are to remember them. We remember them in prayer. We are to honor them. 
Amen. Hallelujah. So this is and and also this verse forms the first admonition of the apostle concerning our attitude and our responsibility towards those that have the authority over us. He's going to mention uh, rulers three different times in this chapter. Amen. So this is the first admonition of the apostle. And we are to remember them in prayer. And then, of course, verse eight, which, you know, very popular verse, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. So what is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying basically this, that God never changes. The Lord Jesus never changes. He was the same yesterday. He's the same today and he'll be the same tomorrow. Amen. So what he requires of uh, or required of the heroes of faith that same requirement is up, and that is to have faith and to walk in love. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, this next section is exhortation to keep sound doctrine. If we're going to love Jesus, then we're going to love his word. Amen. And we're going to practice his word. And we're going to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. In other words, we're going to obey the word of God. Notice what the Apostle Paul writes in verse 9. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace and not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Notice once again, notice the first part of verse 9. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, things that are untoward you and I that are in Christ. Notice he says again, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So Paul here is alluding to the meat sacrifices under the Old Testament, uh, religious duties that those who did these things thought that they were right with God. Now, There was a keeping, there was a grace upon the Old Testament saints. But now grace has come to us through Jesus Christ. See, there's not the grace of God in the Old Testament sacrifices any longer because Jesus has fulfilled the sacrificial system. We learned that back in the fifth through the eight chapters of the book of Hebrews. Jesus has come. He is the perfect sacrifice and he has fulfilled, amen, that in bringing to us the new covenant. The old covenant now has been fulfilled in Christ. Remember what Paul said in writing to the Romans. He says, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. That's what the Old Testament could not do. It could not man, could not make a man the righteousness of God in Christ. Only Jesus could do that. Jesus came and he fulfilled that. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. And we have been made the righteousness of God in him through the new birth. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we're not to be carried about. We're not we're not to be carried away by the old religious system. Now we have come into Christ. Everything is new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
And that has taken place to every man that is in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And now I want you to notice verse 10. This is a very important verse of scripture in this chapter. We have an altar. Wherefore, they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. Think about that. We have an altar. Well, what is our altar today? Well, our altar is Christ. He was the supreme sacrifice. It was his blood that washed us from our sins and made us new. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. God gave all things into Christ's hand pertaining to redemption. Amen. And so Jesus went to the cross Amen. Three days later, he was raised from the dead and then he ascended on high. Praise God. So that is a wonderful testimony for us today to preach to the world. But now let's let's look at this. Now, I want us to think about the Old Testament back in uh, Joshua uh, verses. I mean, chapter six through nine. I've got uh, Joshua chapter seven, uh, verses 30 through 32. Listen to this. At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones, upon which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings and peace offerings, and there he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses. Now, You remember back in the Old Testament that it was on Mount Ebal. That was the place where the curse of the law that was found in Deuteronomy chapter eight. The curse of the law was to be pronounced. Amen. And also remember that Joshua means Jehovah saves. In the Greek, it would be Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. The Greek derivative of the Hebrew name Yeshua or Joshua. So coming Up to the New Testament, we find that the cross of Christ is the altar that Jesus was placed upon. Jesus is not just this, not only the sacrifice, he is also the altar. Jesus is the sacrifice that took away the sins of the world. He became the Lamb of God. But now he's also the altar upon which this sacrifice is laid. Amen. Praise God. So the cross of Christ is the altar that Jesus was placed upon. And the mountain of the curse, Mount Ebal, he took the curse for us. He bare the curse for us so that we could have the blessing. So really, when you think about it, Mount Ebal became that place of sin and darkness. That place that Jesus, amen, took away the curse. He took the darkness away from us. And he gave us the light because he is the light. Amen. He's the one that lights every man that comes into the world. He was made a curse for us so that we might be made the blessing. And of course, that blessing includes eternal life. And so coming all the way back now to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 10, we have an altar. That altar is the Lord Jesus, whereof they All those that don't know Christ, all those who are not born again, they have no right to eat of this sacrifice. Amen. Those that even are serving an earthly tabernacle. We're not serving an earthly tabernacle any longer. We are citizens of heaven. We are serving a heavenly tabernacle. So Jesus has become the altar. He's also was made the sacrifice. Amen. 
Now, listen to what Jesus says now in writing and uh, in speaking to the Apostle John in uh, Revelation chapter three, verse 12. Notice what he says. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. And I will write upon him my new name. So for the believer, the name of Jesus is written upon the table of our heart and we are forever his. Praise God. Amen. We are forever his. And those who are outside of Christ, they have no right to eat of this uh, of this sacrifice. Remember what Jesus said to the Jews that were not that did not believe in him. He said this. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Aren't you glad that we've partaken of Christ, both of his body and of his blood? Praise God. And we have life in us. And that's life eternal. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, verse 11, for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. So what is Paul talking about here? Jesus has fulfilled the type and the shadow of the Passover. Jesus was not only the lamb that was whose blood was shed, he was also the lamb, the scapegoat whose sins, the sins of Israel were passed upon him by the high priest. And that goat sent out into the wilderness. Amen. He's he he perfectly fulfills the type and the shadow of the Passover. Amen. And that's why Paul is saying that uh, uh, that uh, Jesus might sanctify the people with his own blood. Amen. And the the blood sacrifices of the old covenant will no longer serve uh, this new covenant. Amen. Praise God. We have a new covenant and that new covenant has been signed in and ratified in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in verse 13, Paul says this. He says, let us go, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. We're not going to go back under the Old Testament. We're not going to go back under a, a, a self-righteous works, uh, any doing works uh, to try to earn any type of favor or grace or, or salvation from God. We're not, we're not going there. We, we've come out of that. We're, we are not part of that type of self-seeking for righteousness through works. Going back to what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, not of works, lest any man should boast. We now are under grace, God's unmerited favor. And that grace is found in Christ. Amen. Praise God. Notice what Hebrews, going back to the last chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The old sacrificial system doesn't have anything to do with our faith any longer. Jesus is the beginning and the finisher. He is the beginner and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. If Christ was willing to bear the reproach that we deserved, 
how much more should we be willing now that we have come into Christ to bear the reproach before the world in order to bring honor and glory to God? Amen. Well, so what if people don't like? So what if they persecute us for being believers? That's part of our reproach and we gladly bear it. Why? Because in bearing the reproach of the world, we bring glory and honor to Christ. So really, we have to ask ourselves the question, who would we rather glorify? Would we rather glorify the world or would we rather glorify the Lord Jesus? And I believe we know the answer, don't we? We want to glorify God in everything we do, whether in word or deed, we all glorify him. Praise God. Now, verse 14 says this, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving glory to his name. Amen. So this is how we bring glory to him. This is part of our sacrifice today under the new covenant. The sacrifice of praise to God continually an offering. Amen. And I know a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm going, I, I'm, I'm feeling so bad. Everything's going. Right. I guess I'll give to God my sacrifice of praise. No, that's not at all what Paul is talking about. The sacrifice of praise is the joy of our lips giving glory to God. Whether we're on the mountaintop or whether in the valley, we give to God the offering of praise and thanksgiving Amen. But because of what he has done for us. Amen. Our sacrifice of praise, that's our vocal offering that we give to our Savior. That's the fruit of our lips. Listen to the psalmist. He says, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Notice that my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. So our life shall be filled with praise and thanksgiving to Almighty God. Amen. Verse 16 says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. In other words, we are not to forget to do good. We are not to forget to share with others, amen, who are especially those who are in need. And these sacrifices, these willing sacrifices, remember how that out of our heart we're to sacrifice, give God the sacrifice of praise. Well, we're to also give a sacrifice by helping those that are in need. So that's part of our offering, amen, to the Lord. And that's exactly what the church did in its infancy. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and in prayers. Amen. Praise God. They did that willingly. They wanted to do that. Praise God. Now, verse 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Amen. So, this is the second admonition of the Apostle Paul uh, for believers and their attitude towards those that have authority. We are to obey them. We're to listen to them. We're to yield to them. We're to comply with them. Amen. And we do that with a heart of love. Remember, we are to love those that are in authority over it. We are to remember them 
in prayer and we are to obey them. Amen. All right. Now, the last few verses form the conclusion of this epistle. Verse 18. Pray for us, for we trust that we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Amen. Paul is saying here, uh, pray for us. I want you to pray for us. Amen. We're praying for you. Now you pray for us. Us. Amen. Because our conscience is clear. And in everything that I've, I've written in this letter, my conscience is clear. I've given to you everything that God wanted me to give to you. And, uh, and we want to keep our consciences clear towards one another. And amen. You receive this in a spirit of humility. And I'm preaching and exhorting to you in the spirit of humility. But he says, I need, I especially need your prayers right now because I want to come back to you. I want to see you sooner than later. And then he says in verses 20 and 21, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Notice that make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Paul is saying, you know, I, I desire, this is my prayer. I desire that you be complete, that you be sound, that you be fit. Amen. And the God of peace will do that through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22, and I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written letter unto you in few words. In other words, be, listen patiently to what I'm saying to you. Amen. And then put it into practice. Know ye, verse 23, that our brother Timothy is set at liberty with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. This is the third admonition of the Apostle Paul and our attitude towards those that have the authority over them. We are to salute them. Amen. We are to enfold them. We are to welcome them. We're to embrace them. Amen. We're to greet them. Amen. We're to consider them our elder brothers, those that have been given rule over us. And then Paul finally says, grace, grace be with you all. Amen. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this epistle. Thank you, Father, for giving us wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And Lord, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice that, Father, that the word of God that's preached will profit them, Lord. Hallelujah. And cause them to reach higher into the things of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and the God of peace to be with them all, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. 
We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.